Want to listen to the sound of Surrey live? Couldn't be easier. Download the Brooklyn's Radio app right now through Google Play or the App Store to listen to us anytime, any day, anywhere. Brooklyn's Radio. Right, we have Peter Moore on the phone. Are you there, Peter? I am, Dan. Good evening. Yes, good How evening. How are you doing, sir? I'm very good. Yourself? Good. Very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us here on Brooklyn's Radio Surrey Sports Night this evening. My pleasure, my pleasure. Very much so. Just uh, tell me a little bit about uh, Cool AM very quickly. Yeah, sure. Well, Cool AM Sport is a website that's been running for about three or four years now, Dan. Um, I generally tend to cover a multitude of sports. um, Football, cricket, ice hockey, speedway, rugby, golf, tennis... uh, where do you want me to stop? Uh, <laughs> this goes on. <laughs> and how Literally. Did, how did you sort of get into this sort of sports broadcasting and interviewing and, and commentating? How? Oh, dear. Um, well, I'm quite old, actually. Um, I'm, I'm well in my 50s, Dan, actually. So I've, I've heard you so I'm a bit of an old, old, old man, so to speak. Um, I've been around a while. Uh, I, I, got, you know, I started doing a little bit of hospital radio work, um, and that sort of progressed from there. And then I started doing some um, bits for community-based radio stations, and uh, then uh, I started doing some cricket uh, commentary as well, and that led to a bit of uh, local BBC radio commentary also as well. And um, um, you know, that's, that's, that's it really. I suppose I've, as I say, I've been doing it for for quite a while, and um, thoroughly enjoying it, as they say. Yeah, Even good stuff. To this day. Well, listen, you've obviously got a huge amount of knowledge about uh, a whole variety of sports. We're just going to run through um, a, mm. few, uh, a few little bits on, on uh, a bunch of sports in and around the area. We're going to start with Woking uh, FC, if that's OK. Mm. Um, now, Woking, uh, they played Torquay at the weekend, and they, they had a good win, 2-1. How did that uh, play out for you, that match? Well, it was a crucial win, actually, Dan, because Woking are actually struggling at the moment. Um, Going into Saturday's game against Torquay, they were actually in the bottom four. Uh, It hasn't been the best of seasons for Woking. They lost quite a few players at the start of the season, even before the actual season started as well. Um, They are a part-time club in in the uh, uh, National League. And last season, they were punching above their weight. Uh, This season, unfortunately, that hasn't been the case. Uh, So they've struggled right the way through. And um, that the, they were having a bit of a bad run, actually. Their away form was dreadful because prior to the game last Saturday, they'd only actually won once away from home. So they, they were up against Torquay. And as you quite rightly say, they did exceptionally well. They came away with a 2-1 win thanks to goals from Fabio Saraiva and Brian Saar. Brian Saar, probably the most unlikely assault of those two goal scorers. But, as I say, it was, a, it was a game that they desperately need to get something from. Originally, most Woking fans would have uh, taken a point before they set off for the uh, West Country. But to come away with three points was absolutely crucial as well. This was actually their game in hand, Dan, because um, Woking were sort of one game behind everybody else. So it's like anything, when you have got a game in hand, you've obviously got to take big advantage of it. And to their credit, that's exactly what they did. Um, the, the, the biggest problem with Woking this season, apart from the fact they are struggling, is they keep conceding goals. They always score. They virtually scored, I think, in every game, uh, bar two. But their main problem is leaking goals. But, OK, yes, they, they did leak just one on Saturday, but at least they managed to get a couple. And, yeah, I mean, to go to a place like Torquay, all right, 
people will say Torquay are a little bit in and out with their form this season. Yes, that is correct. But as I say, it was vital to go there and actually get something. And of course, it gives them big heart now going into Saturday's game when they actually face high-flying Tranmere mm. at, uh, at, uh, at uh, the uh, Lakeweight Stadium. So obviously now, if they could get a result against Tranmere, it's a big ask, we know, because Tranmere are third at the moment. They're one of the form sides in the conference. If they could back that fine victory up against Torquay and get something against Tranmere... Uh, three points would be most welcome. Then all of a sudden, back-to-back wins. They haven't, in fact, they've hardly had back-to-back wins all season, actually. So you never know. It might possibly start dragging themselves away from the relegation zone. Yeah, I mean, as you say, they're just above the drop zone as we speak. Is it going to take, um, uh, you know, as you say, a win at Tramia, and then is that going to is that going to instill a bit of confidence in Gary Hill and the players in order to uh, get a few more wins to uh, get them uh, out of trouble this season? Well, well, hopefully, um, the problem with Woking is they have got a huge amount of young players there, Dan. Um, they've got a couple of experienced players, which they've kept from last season, which is good. The likes of Kira Murta and Brian Sars, I mentioned earlier. But a bit built around that, Carrie Hill had to bring a lot of young players in during the summer. And um, whenever you speak to Gary Hill, he's always saying the same. That I, I'm working with a lot of young players, mm. and young players take time to learn with disappointments. They take time to get confidence. And it is, and I know when I spoke to quite a few of the players as well, it, a lot of it is a confidence thing. Um, you know, if, if they can get a couple of wins back-to-back, all of a sudden I'm sure you will start seeing more confident players. You'll probably start seeing a much confident side as well, and hopefully that way they can, of course, uh, eventually drag themselves away from the dreaded bottom four. Absolutely. I mean, he seems to have the backing of not only the players, but the fans. They seem to really um, sort of put him on a pedestal. And, and as you say, last season maybe punching above their weight. But, you know, over the last couple of years, they have struggled here and there. And, and the fans seem to be really on board with what Gary Hill is doing at at Woking. That must be a really good, uh, you know, positive for the club. Yeah, it has to. Um, he's been at the club quite a few seasons now. In fact, he's probably one of the longest-serving managers outside of the football league, actually, Dan, as well. Mm. And I mean, obviously, that is that that is good because the board have always backed Gary Hill, uh, despite the problems with money uh, financially wise. But I suppose to, to be fair. Woking fans, through and through, the vast percentage of them uh, accept the situation. I mean, OK, last year, as we said, yes, they did punch above their weight. And OK, from time to time, Woking fans at one time were even dreaming about them possibly getting in the playoffs. And yeah, to absolutely. be fair, yeah. you know, they, they weren't that far away, Dan. Perhaps if they'd had a bit more money behind them and they were full-time, I think they possibly could have been nicked into that playoff yeah. spot. But, again, Woking fans, a lot of them are realistic before the start of this season. and They had to realise that it's probably not going to be a season like it was last season. Um, and, that, and that's been the case. But, I mean, you've got to remember that Woking's average crowd is around about 1,200, 1,300. Yeah. OK, it's probably not one of the biggest in the conference. No, we know that. But at the end of the day, you know, for a part-time side, compared to a few other part-time sides that are actually in uh, the National League at the moment... Those attendances are really good, and and probably ninety ninety five ninety six percent of Woking fans 
will back whoever's in charge, whether it be Gary Hill or not, and, and, and they understand the financial situation of the club as well. Yeah, for sure. Now, as you say, we go to Tranmere this weekend. Mm. Just give us your quick round-up of uh, how you think that is going to play out. What's the, uh, what's the result going to be there this weekend? <laughs> I put I put I put my I put my head on the chopping block. Right? <laughs> um, I reckon, Dan. Um, I think Woking are going to get a huge amount of confidence from that fine victory uh, against uh, Talking last week. Okay, Tramie, as, as we mentioned, they're a very good side. They they're going to come into this game full of confidence. They're obviously going to be favourites to get something. But Woking's home form all season has been very very good. They haven't lost many games at home. They've been very steady. They've got quite a few points at home as well. Um, I, I just feel that Woking are good enough to get a point. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to get three points, but um, myself, I would go for a draw. A point would be a result, no? Yeah, yeah, I think it would. Against, as I say, Tranmere a third at the moment. Um, you've got to remember they're a big former football league club, remember, as well. So um, they're also were going to be one of the clubs this season to be expected to be up there for pushing for promotion as well. Mm. And Woking, to their credit, Dan, when they have played big sides in the conference, they do tend to raise their game. So, you know, I, I think that will give Woking fans good heart for Saturday. But like I say, it's going to be a tough ask, but I just feel that they can at least get a point. And I'm sure Gary Hill... Uh, after the course of a week, would take four points out of those two games against uh, Tranmere and Torquay. Uh, yeah, Tranmere and Torquay. Yeah, well, for sure. Let's hope you got your head on your shoulders uh, on uh, on, on <laughs> well, Sunday. Here. <laughs> well, let's push on to Harlequins now. Now you yeah. wanted to have a, have a chat about Harlequins. Mm. Um, the last match in the uh, Aviva Premiership, twenty nine twenty six to Quins versus uh, Sale Sharks. That's an important win for them. It was. Um, it was very, very important. I was there covering the game. It was one of those games that Harlequins should have won more easily, Dan, but unfortunately they didn't, and, and, and that was credit to Sal, who virtually never gave up. But um, Harlequins' form this season in the Aviva Premiership is, is, you could say, 50-50. And the reason I say that is they've won every single home Aviva Premiership game, but yet whenever they've travelled outside of the stoop, They've lost every single one. Mm. So, you know, that way, as I say, it is 50-50. You're probably going to ask me (laughs) why that is. Uh, I tell you now, whenever I speak to John Kingston, who's the uh, new director of rugby at Queen's, taking over from Conor O'Shea uh, during the uh, summer, um, and the players as well, none of them can actually put put their finger on it. It's just one of those things, you know. The stoop has been an absolute fortress for Queen's this season but as I say it's the away form that really is struggling and Sal uh, coming into that game uh, a week or so ago they were on a real real rock rock bottom route I mean I think they had virtually eight consecutive defeats Um, so obviously um, Queens would have sat there being at home thinking yeah Mm. we we, we can take this and get four points possibly five get the extra point for the bonus point Um, but as I say Sal to their credit you know Kept plugging away, never gave up, never gave up. Mind you, haven't said that, neither did Quinns as well. So, yes, it was another good welcome victory. But in order for them to push up the Aviva Premiership table, 
They've got to start getting points away from home. Otherwise, they're not going to get into the sort of end of season playoffs, which of course features uh, the top four sides as well. But, well, yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to come on to where mm. they sit in the table. I think the last couple of seasons they finished mid-table. Mm. What, what is it that they need? I, I, you've, you've said they need to get the away wins, but last season they seemed to be on form and still finish mid-table. What, what is it that, you know, as well as those away wins and the home wins, what do they need to do to get into those playoffs to really sort of push up the Premiership? Yeah, it's... Um, the Aviva Premiership, Dan, is very strong. I yeah, mean, absolutely. You know, to be fair, uh, at one time, uh, you could probably say there was four, five teams that were really, really struggling, but that hasn't been the case for many I say many seasons, probably about the probably the last five seasons. Um, it, on their day, any side can beat any side, really, and I mean even sides that are struggling at the bottom as well. It can happen. You've got to be on your game one hundred percent, whether you're playing at home or away. Queens did finish roundabout about Mutovia quite right, and even the season before that, you can say it was disappointing for a club that really, to be fair, should be knocking on that top four slot. I mean, they've got the calibre of players, international players. They've got some very good up-and-coming players as well. The problem has been the last couple of seasons, inconsistency. A lot of that, to be fair, has been down to um, injuries. They've had a huge amount of injuries, and I mean big key players Mm. have got injured at crucial times. And the problem is, apart from injuries, because we have internationals, bearing in mind because we've got the Six Nations campaign starting in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, literally, as you say, just around the corner. Uh, Quinns are going to lose a lot of English players, etc., yeah. and you lose, you know, Welsh players, Scottish players, etc., the lot, basically. That doesn't help them, along with key players who get injured, not just for just one or two weeks, but they could be out for a, a huge amount of time. And that I think that really does affect them a lot. Um, um, it isn't an excuse, it's, it's, it's a fact. I know some people will say, well, Wasp lose a lot of players, uh, Leicester lose players, Saracens lose players, but look how well they can sort mm. of get round this. Yeah, that, that that is a good point. That's very true indeed. I just don't think Harlequins, to be fair, have got the backup calibre that that those other clubs that I've mentioned ha- have. It's uh, the strength really. in depth that you need in the team when you do lose players. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. And it's just one of those things. I mean, you have to accept that if. A club like Harlequins, a proud club, has, has bought on a lot of good English players. Mm. You know, obviously Chris Robshaw, we know former England England captain. You know, Danny Kerr, Joe Marler, Mike Brown. Of course, the list goes on. Jack Clifford, who's recently broke into the uh, England setup yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Carl Sinclair, you know, I could carry on for half an hour with this <laughs> uh, But obviously, I don't want to bore him. We haven't got that long. <laughs> I know, we have, that's right, Dan, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it, it's good that they can bring these players through, but it's like anything, at the end of the day, sometimes the, uh, the, the actual club fans do suffer because obviously they're not going to see those type of players actually playing for Queens. And, I, yeah, I think a lot of it, just going back to your original point, is the backup. You know the backup calibre of squad. Uh, it, it's good, but it probably isn't good enough to be fair. That what other clubs have got, 
And therefore, I think this season they may once again just miss out on those playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about this all night as well. It's <laughs> it's about the st- strength and depth, not only in the team, but the coaching setup. Obviously, you say that uh, uh, a bit of a change in the guard, in the director of rugby. The, the, the fans are very loyal at Harlequins, as they are for you know a lot of the uh, premiership mm. teams. But it, obviously, the coaching team have got to do something a little bit when, when they're away from home in order to, mm. uh, to, to change it up a touch. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And John Kingston and, and the guys down at the Stoop, to be fair, will, will be working on that in training week in, week out. Um, it it might be one of these situations where Queens go somewhere away from home in the Premiership and somehow get an ugly win, Dan, and then all of a sudden, it I don't know, it may just be you know a totally different ball game, so to speak. I mean, when you consider their European form has been very, very good uh, up until recently. I mean, they had a setback on Saturday uh, when they lost to Edinburgh in the uh, European Rugby Challenge Cup. I mean, uh, that was a big game. Unfortunately, they lost that. It's the first time they've lost at home in any form of uh, Mm. uh, competition this season. It was a big blow to them as well to lose to Edinburgh. I mean, now Edinburgh top the group now with Quinns just one point behind. But Edinburgh... I've got one game to go, so I've Queens. Queens have got to go to Stade Francois on, on Sunday, and that's going to be a massive game for them. Again, it's another one of these away games, and they've got to somehow conjure up something and win. Uh, otherwise, they probably will not qualify. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the yellow card must have been uh, instrumental in, in, in the loss at the weekend. Yes, it was. I mean, John Kingston didn't hold back. He said it was disappointing, and he, and he said, unfortunately... When you get three yellow cards, and Dan, I'll be honest, I'll put my hand up, and all of those were deserved yellow cards. When you when you play against anybody, whether it's Edinburgh, who are a very good side, uh, it could be anybody in the Premiership. If you if you have uh, you know three yellow cards, players out for ten minutes at a time, unfortunately, you're going to be very very lucky if you end up winning a game. Absolutely, and he was 100 percent right with it as well, and obviously that didn't help. Indiscipline didn't help at all. No, for sure. Well, listen, let's leave Quinns there. Yep. Um, we've uh, been on uh, on the line a, a bit of a while now, and I'm conscious of time. Um, we're going to uh, we're going to just pop on to Surrey Scorchers very quickly before we touch yep. on the Australian Open. Um, now, it was a tight match against London Lions. It must have been a nerve wracking final quarter uh, for Surrey Scorchers at the weekend. It was, and it, it was it was a comeback win. They had a they had a game on Friday against Manchester Giants. And at one time, they trailed 13 points, Dan. And somehow or other, they got them back into the game. This is Friday. And literally, with three seconds remaining, uh, Albert Margot stepped up with a three-point throw, won the game. They won that comeback-wise by two points, 84-82 in the league. Saturday, as you say, London Lions in the trophy. And literally, again, they were behind and behind, but they kept battling away. And they ended up literally winning it, literally with the last throw of the dice, so to speak. Uh, with just uh, a, literally two seconds remaining, Will Neighbour managed to get the two point, and they managed to win by just uh, the slenderest of margin as well. And obviously, put themselves into uh, the uh, quarterfinals of the BBL Trophy, where they're actually home to Worcester Wolves as well. Yeah, the part of February. absolutely. We'll talk about that in a second. I mean, that's the second match now that they've had. A uh, you know a, a win in the in the yeah. dying seconds. Um, <laughs> they, they, the fans must be uh, you know all on sort of pacemakers. 
Yeah, me included. <laughs> well, I mean, I was there Friday, and the atmosphere, Dan, is, uh, you know, it's sensational. I mean, it's always good at the, at the Surrey Sports Park, to be fair, whenever Scorchers play. But, I mean, Friday was just a different game in, in, entirely. Uh, I wasn't there Saturday, but I know I was told it was terrific atmosphere at the Copper Box. Uh, but, yeah, yeah you know, um, Priya and the coach of Surrey Scorchers said to me on Friday, you know, I don't want many more games like that. No, absolutely. My carry on. <laughs> and, I, I don't think, and I think some of the fans were coming out as well, literally in exactly the same mode as well. I mean, it's... It, 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 <laughs> You know, it's great to win, but you obviously you don't want to do it the way they keep doing it, having to keep falling behind and somehow or other just about getting enough energy to get over the line. It's, 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 if you're a neutral, Dan, it's wonderful, fantastic. But like I say, if you're not a neutral, for fans like that, no, uh, I'm afraid they're going to age quite quite quickly, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about um, Worcester Wolves. You said they're in the BBL Trophy quarterfinals. How do you see that one going? Um, well, at the moment, sorry, in good form. Um, as you say, back-to-back wins. Um, uh, they had a good cup, a BBL Cup run, and they lost out to high-flying Glasgow recently. Um, they're at home. Uh, they're always a tough side to beat, Scorchers are, uh, down at Surrey Sports Park. And I, I just generally feel with the enthusiasm, the bunch of players they've got at the moment. In fact, they've recently signed uh, somebody today. They've added to their roster U.S. import uh, Gabriel McRae. He's joined Scorchers as of today. Um, it's a good unit they've got there now. And I, I generally feel they can get the better of Worcester Wolves. And you never know. I mean, they could even then progress on to the semi-final, Dan, and from there, even into a final. I know we're looking ahead now. Oh, that was my next question. I mean, how far yeah. can they go? <laughs> I think they can go a long way. I really do. As I say, that they had a good cup run. That They did lose out only just over two legs to Glasgow, who were a very good side, Glasgow Rocks. Uh, Worcester Wolves, to be fair, aren't quite in the same league as Glasgow. Um, so, yeah, I think they've got a great chance of beating Worcester. And like I say, from then, who knows? Yeah, brilliant stuff. OK, let's leave uh, Surrey Scorchers there. And finally, uh, before we say goodnight to you this evening, we're going to talk the Australian Open. It just started this week. What a great run of form for the Brits so far. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, what was it? We're into, what's, what's today, about third day, is it? Something like that? Third yeah, the wind's so going into the third round tomorrow, I think. Yeah, That's I mean, right. ne- never have I ever heard <laughs> six players, six British players going through to uh, Grand Slam semi um, second rounds. I mean, it's, uh, it's completely unheard of. It's unheard of, but, I mean, I think it's brilliant for uh, uh, British tennis, Dan, and I think a lot of this is on the back of what's been happening over the past year or so. Yeah, for well, I mean, maybe even know, longer, yeah. Yeah, well, even longer, that's true. I mean, Joanna uh, Conta, who I've followed the last couple of years, I mean, I'm so pleased for her. I think she's been absolutely brilliant. She, she's in a good run of form at the moment. She's through to the next round, as you say. I mean, she, remember, she got to the semi-finals last year in the Australian Open. Uh, let's give a big shout-out to Dan Evans. I Dan mean, Evans. What a result today, fantastic. wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you, you looked at that draw and you thought, well, yeah, fantastic getting through to the second round. He did well in uh, Sydney, I think, last week. That's right, and you, yep. You, you sort of resigned to the fact that he wasn't going to get, get through, but, I mean, fantastic stuff for, from him to go through uh, into the third round of uh, a Grand Slam. Well, it is, and you've got to remember, he's beat the seventh seed of Marion Cilic, and, and you know as well as I do, Marion Cilic is a fine player. Well, former US, US Open champion. I mean, absolutely, it doesn't get better than that, really. <laughs> You know, but he, he, he won through, it took four sets, but at the end of the day, it shows how, how much he has progressed as well as various other British British players as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, 
I know people are saying, well, hang on, Dan Evans, could he get a run in this uh, Australian Open? All right, next up for him is, is, is Bernard uh, Tomic. Again, it's going to be another difficult match for Evans. But, of course, you never know, do you? I mean, a lot of people, just going back to Joe, Joanna Conter, are saying this could be, uh, and I mean could be, her Australian Open. Like I said, she got to the semis last year. Um, unfortunately, lost that there, remember. But he's on good form at the moment, as we said. If she gets a good run, Dan, I think Joan Conta can go a very, very long way in this tournament. You keep guessing all my questions. Oh, do I? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I, but yeah, can she go all the way to the, way to the final? Yeah. I think she can, no? Um, big call, that one. Um, I think she's got a good chance, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... I hope so for British sake. I mean, be, wouldn't that be fantastic if she can get to the final? Remember, she won the Sydney, didn't she? She won yeah, the tournament yeah, in Sydney a couple of weeks ago. Now, yeah. couple of weeks ago. So you know, she she's got to a final. She's been there, done it. Okay, th- this is slightly different. We know that it's, it's a major. There's, she's going to face tough opposition. We all know that. Uh, Angelique Kerber, the current holder. I mean, she she's played a couple of games already, hasn't she? She struggled. But she's still there. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of big seeds there. Remember, <laughs> that's what we got. That's what we've got to think about. But I think, yeah, I agree with you, Dan. I, I really do think she's got a good chance. As regards the men, Murray at the moment, obviously he's looking invincible. I think, to be fair, I don't think you can look beyond Murray or Djokovic, can you, really? Well, yeah. you know, and for the last <laughs> few seasons, that's been the case. But, you know, Federer today looked pretty hot, I have to say. You know, mm. some of those uh, some of those shots he was playing, structuring the points, he looked <laughs> back on fine form. So, you know, you can never discount the uh, the mighty Roger Federer. No, you're right. You're was he's 17th seed. I mean, yeah, when is, was yeah. the last time Federer was seeded no, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, God, many, you'd have to go back well, a hell of a long time, wouldn't you, really? But, yeah, you're right. I mean, you can't, you know, as you said quite rightly, Federer, the Fed, as I say, uh, he's been there, done it, got the T-shirt, the lot. You know, you can you can never rule a guy like this out. And whoever's going to come up against him is obviously going to face a big, big battle as well. But mm. it'd be good to, you know, it'd be, it'd be wonderful if Murray could actually win this Australian. No, oh, no, and he's lost it for he's five, lost it, five, it five times, times four, four right. to Novak. So, exactly. uh, you know, uh, but, but uh, for some reason, I just think mentally he's, He's kind of got it. I know he lost to Djokovic a, a couple of weeks back, mm. but um, you know, I just think in those Grand Slams, they're a different, a different ball game really to uh, to the the Masters series than anything else he plays. I just think he's got something over over Novak at the moment. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I hundred percent agree with you. Um, and I think a lot of this, uh, I think, his improved form by far and away is down to having Ivan Lendl back. Yeah, no doubt. I really, you know, I said that at the time. I, yeah, I think when he got rid of Lendl, I, I did say that I thought it was a bad move. I really did. And I think now he's regretting that. And, yeah. You know, at least he's got him back. And, and uh, he's made a huge amount of difference, hasn't he? He's given him so much confidence. He's given him the belief now. That, and look at him, he's deservedly number one in the world. And, and let's hope for a British point of view that he flies that flag even longer. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's just touch very, very, very briefly. Kyle mm. Edmund and uh, Watson, uh, Heather Watson, she's just come back from a whole host of injury and illness. Uh, great, great win against Stam, Sam Stoza. And uh, Kyle Edmund's also climbing up the ranks. Great stuff for, for those guys and, as we said, British tennis. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as you say, I'm, I'm pleased to have a watch. And as you said, she's she's been dogged with injuries, hasn't she, unfortunately? Yeah, uh, a long time, for, yeah. You know, for a hell of a long time. But, I mean, again, this 
this sort of result against a very good player, remember, also as well, as you quite rightly say, Dan, uh, that's going to give her belief now and a bit of confidence. And again, you never know, she could possibly get a run. And obviously, congratulations again to Kyle Edmund. But as we said at the start, this is I think this British success has been brewing for a long time, hasn't it? It's been on the back of probably Murray mania, hasn't it? Yeah. I think, you know, these players have looked up and thought, hey, hang on a minute. You know, Andy Murray can do it. So, come on, we can do it. You no, know, sure. girls are looking at Joanna Conter and thinking, yeah, we look how it. well she's progressed. Yeah, it? absolutely. You know? So, yeah, it can be done. So, yeah, fantastic. Well, listen, only time will tell. Peter, thank you so much for joining us here on Brooklyn's Radio this evening. It was great to chat. I'm sure we could chat the hind legs off a donkey with sport. Um, and I'm sure we will catch up very, very soon. Peter Moore, thanks for joining us here on Brooklyn's Radio. My pleasure, Dan. Take care. Yeah, you too. Take care. That's Peter Moore, sporting hero and media mogul. And uh, we will uh, keep you updated with what is going on with him and all the sport in and across Surrey. And further afield. Brooklyn's Radio. Go. 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 Go.